My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Welcome to the Midwife Pip Podcast Bite Size, the home of all things pregnancy, birth and motherhood. This week, I am sharing with you some golden moments and nuggets of information that will change your pregnancy, birth or postpartum journey for the better. You'll find the full episode linked in the description. But for now, wherever you are, let's dive into some short but transformative chats. Today's clip is from episode 61 with expert April Davis, chatting about sex in pregnancy and in the postpartum. In this clip, we discuss the realities of navigating sex and intimacy, tips for finding your new rhythm, and having open conversations about your wants and needs. So now that your your career choice of sex and vaginas um, seems very clear, um, why do you think, April, we are so embarrassed to talk about sex? And I'm thinking kind of most of my listeners are pregnant women or, you know, new mums. We know they have all had sex, right? Because, or Obviously. You know, some sort of vaginal action has happened to conceive yeah. a pregnancy. <laughs> Something um, knocks them up. <laughs> yeah, but still, we're like, oh no, I wouldn't do that. And you're like, well, well, I'm suspicious given that baby in your womb. Why can't we talk about it more? Why do we all get red cheeks? You know, I'd love to know what your guys' excuse is. I've, I'm always like, well, America was settled by Puritans. It makes sense. We just haven't shook <laughs> it yet. But you guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just how how deeply ingrained is purity culture though in in all of our Anglo Anglo Christian cultures that we've all been raised in that that's just it. There's so much shame around the female body as a whole in every aspect, and mm-hmm. we just we like to pick that up and carry it with us as we go in life, and that extends so far into sex, into pregnancy, into loving our bodies. And another thing that springs to mind when you talk about that is breastfeeding. You know, that's another yeah. another sort of stigma that that's kind of, I don't know, seems to be sexualized when it absolutely should not mm-hmm. be. But that's why women are afraid to breastfeed in public because they're worried about that sexual stigma. Yeah. Yeah. It's nonsensical. There's and, work and to really, be done, isn't there? <laughs> there's so much work to be done. And I don't know um, how it is over in England, but most states here in the U.S. have protective laws that allow women to freely breastfeed whenever, wherever, however, you know, and so it's time we just start taking advantage of that and normalize it. And I, I love, I feel like even since I had my first baby 12 years ago, I've seen a huge shift culturally towards people just really not caring if you're breastfeeding. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm currently um, breastfeeding my almost five month old and actually Mm -hmm. I've had a really positive, positive time in terms of feeding in cafes Good. on the side of rugby pitch however my own my own Good. dad finds it massively awkward yeah. <laughs> bless him he's getting there five months down the line he's seen me breastfeed a lot now but to start with yep. he'll, he'll openly admit he found it really really awkward yep 
Oh, yeah. My parents were the same way. I remember we were with some family and my aunt and uncle both were like, we don't know what to do with our eyes. Where are we supposed to? And it's just like, I, and on top of it, like, I'm pretty covered. I always did the double shirt where you were like the, the shirt underneath yeah. and then a shirt over the top. So you just pull one up, leave one down and get them on the nipple. And you would never know. I had people always try to take my kids from me like, oh, the baby's sleeping. Can I hold them? And I'm like, actually, the baby's eating. So... <laughs> If you could just get away from my breasts, that'd be great. Because <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt like when I tried to get out of cover, it was like this signal to everyone, like I'm breastfeeding and people kind of acted awkward. If yeah. I like sneaky got them on my boob and like didn't say anything or do anything, no one had any idea until they tried to take my baby from me. You know, like, oh, I want to hold the baby. And it's like, oh, there's my boobs out actually. So maybe just a minute, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> Let's be honest, we've all seen plenty of boobs. So what's one more, right? Who is sad about seeing boobs? This is the other thing I don't understand. Who wakes up in the morning and is like, I will be devastated. If I see a naked breast today, it will just be the end for me. And even even this, like, but the teenage boys, I'm like, teenage boys love boobs. What's yeah. the problem? Yeah, they are not going to be the people telling you to stop breastfeeding in public, are they? <laughs> no, I always almost like wish someone would try to say something to me, but no one ever did. I mean, they would they would be brave, April. They would be so, so brave. <laughs> I would, you'd have to get it videoed if they ever did, please. Oh, I would have eaten them for breakfast. <laughs> breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's go back to sex because Mm -hmm. I want us to discuss those things that pregnant women are probably secretly Googling or are too embarrassed Mm -hmm. to ask their friends because I feel like you are going to be the friend that they can get all that knowledge from. First thing that I think always crops up is sex drive in pregnancy. What can we expect? Because I'm sure this, there's a massive, you know, variation in what women experience, but what, what's kind of normal? What do you see with women you speak to? Is there a normal? I mean, you're a midwife. That, that's, no, that's what's tricky. Even I mean, that would be boring, self. wouldn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. And like, I've had three different pregnancies. My libido has been completely different with, with each one of them. And so what's tricky with people when they say what's normal? Uh, the, the answer is what's normal for you is what's normal. I feel like when it comes to libido, mm-hmm. some people I talk to cannot get enough sex the whole time they're pregnant. Other ones, it's only second trimester. They just love sex, second trimester. First trimester, they're too sick. Third trimester, they're too big. Second trimester, they're like into weird stuff, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean weird stuff in a very non-judgmental way, but like things that they're like, I didn't know I was into this and apparently I am just because I'm pregnant. (laughs) Those pregnancy hormones have got a lot to answer for. (laughs) Totally. So, but then those hormones, you know, everyone reacts to them a little differently. What, what works great for boosting someone's libido is going to crush another's when it comes to, to pregnancy. So I would just say what's normal for you is normal. And just because it was one way during one pregnancy does not even necessarily mean your second and third or fourth or fifth pregnancy is going to be the same. It's probably going to be different each time. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, I think for women to know that actually if their sex drive has suddenly gone like mm-hmm. skyrocketed, that is okay. It's not that there's something like totally. crazy gone wrong. Um, and likewise, yeah. if they're not fancying it again, absolutely. Totally fine. 
and that it will change, you know, like you say, you know, different yeah. symptoms. I mean, the first trimester for me was just miserable. I was just vomiting all the time. Yeah. So the last thing I felt like yeah. doing was being intimate. Um, but then, like you say, you know, and, and it depends, I think, as well on how we feel about our pregnant bodies. And the more confident we can be in them, then surely the more sort of in into our libido, we're, we're going to be able to connect because we just feel better mm-hmm. in ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, what makes me extra sad is when I hear people like, but I'm not. I'm not a sexual creature when I'm pregnant because I'm pregnant and I totally disagree. Like, and obviously this is my own experience, but my husband's like, Oh no, like I'm so into you when you're pregnant. There's just something about like your growing belly and like you being so fully enveloped in like womanhood in that and obviously for me as a cisgendered person like that is like this symbolism of womanhood for me and so like for our relationship and for that like he was like I you're very sexual and attractive and delicious and blossoming almost if you will you know so he absolutely loved it for other people like even before we had kids I remember him being like but we don't have sex when you're pregnant right like we couldn't do that I'm like oh no, we absolutely could do that. That's totally safe and fine. And he was like, Oh, are you sure? And I was like, Cause I love the like, Am I gonna hurt the baby? Oh, yeah. No. Am I gonna pick the baby's head? Never, no one's penis is big <laughs> enough to hurt the baby. No one's. So just. <laughs> I love that. I hear that all the time, literally all the time. You're like, No, we need, we need some anatomy and physiology lessons, I think. And yeah. maybe a ruler. The two together yeah. could be quite helpful combination. Yeah. You're not poking the baby in the head. You're not poking anybody. Like it's, you're fine. (laughs) If you can, and it feels good, go for it. I hope you enjoyed this bite-sized clip and why not go ahead and share it with others. If you want more, go back and listen to the full episode linked in the description. Before you go, please, can you do one more thing? Make sure you've hit that subscribe button as it helps me and the podcast reach out to and support even more women with crucial, expert and reliable information through the podcast. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.